This is Wednesday, March 23rd, and this is a scene that many commentators, they're not sure what to do with. But if we want to see the heart of Jesus, we need to understand it. Here's what happened, John chapter 2, verse 13 to 17. The Passover of the Jews was at hand, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple he found those who were selling oxen and sheep and pigeons and the money changers sitting there. And making a whip of cords, he drove them all out of the temple with the sheep and oxen. And he poured out the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. And he told those who sold pigeons, Take these things away. Do not make my father's house a house of trade. His disciples remembered that it is written, Zeal for your house will consume me. Now people stumble over this moment in the life of Jesus because it seems out of character. People wonder why Jesus would do something like this. What does it mean and why is he doing it? Jesus has come to Jerusalem for one of the great feasts of the year, the Passover. Huge crowds arrive from across the Mediterranean world because the people are on pilgrimage. Jewish people living in other countries might save their money for a lifetime so they could go up to Jerusalem for one of the festivals like this. The temple area was the center of the religious drama of these times. But here's the thing. Upon arriving at the temple, one would find themselves in the midst of what felt like a great bazaar. To worship there, a temple tax had to be paid using a special currency. You would need to exchange your money to get temple money for that purpose. Also, if you planned to make a sacrifice, you would need to buy that animal right there on site from the approved vendors. Now, Jesus arrives at the place where people come to see the Lord, his Father, and he finds what looks like a flea market. And what is more, the special area reserved for guests who are not Jewish has been completely filled with booths where people are selling animals, they're exchanging money. Jesus is troubled enough about this that he leaves the area and he weaves cords into a whip. Now that takes planning and the acquiring of materials. It takes thought. It takes time. We see in his actions righteous anger and action. It's not vindictive or uncontrolled. It's not malicious. Nor does Jesus fly off the handle. But he is angry. There's an anger over injustice and sin that is fitting. Think of the anger one has toward those who hurt the weak and undefended, toward the one that perpetrates evil on another. I think we have a hard time accepting the anger of Jesus because so often our anger is of the wrong kind. We snap with a knee-jerk indignation. We may blow up with rage. But that's not Jesus. His anger is a measured response to against that which hurts people and keeps them from his Father. And this is not the only scene from the Gospel where we see this anger of Jesus. Once seeing that the religious leaders would not do a thing to help a suffering man, Jesus became indignant. He was angry at their inaction. And as we come to know more and more about Jesus, we see in him these responses that we recognize Now, I've had many people tell me that the war in Ukraine has made them angry. And yes, I think we should be angry. 
when people are being hurt or killed. God himself speaks of the sin that he hates. He hates violence and bloodshed and slander and plotting of evil. He would not be worthy of our worship if he were not just and righteous in his ways and in his dealings with our world. But he is. And we also see this in Jesus. Jesus is moved with compassion. He steps forward to care for the sick and excluded. He is a friend of sinners, though he hates what sin is doing to people. The cross of Jesus is his way of dealing with the sin problem in our world. That means that Jesus didn't run from the conflict. Instead, he took it upon himself, bearing our sin. The sin of our world fell upon him. Here is Isaiah 53 explaining what God's servant would do, what Jesus has done. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. That's Isaiah 53, 4-5. It is beautiful the way this is put. He took up our pain. He was bearing our suffering. That, he, that means that he took up what was rightly ours, what belonged to us, and he made it his own. This is the extent to which Jesus enters in with us. Jesus knows our hearts and what we go through. And so, yes, even his anger is the sign that God is among us that God has come for us. Over the years, it's been tough to get my mind around the anger of Jesus. We so rarely see anger as a positive emotion, and we can be so easily trapped by harmful anger. This is why the Apostle Paul has warned us, in your anger, do not sin. It's Ephesians 4.26. We can rejoice to know that Jesus enters into righteous anger over injustice, and we can trust him with our anger to see things clearly, and to be the bearer of justice in our lives and in our world. Let's pray together. Faithful and gracious God, we rejoice that your love is greater than life. Help us to remember when Jesus became angry that we might bring our cares before him and not stew in our anger. We trust in your faithful love and in your plan to redeem your creation in Christ Jesus. And we pray in his name. Amen.